0: Welcome back to part two of Twelfth Night, the radio show. We left off with Viola disguising herself as Cesario, Orsino's assistant. But now she's falling in love with Orsino. The only problem is he's in love with Olivia, who is now head over heels for Cesario. That's quite the love triangle. We begin our tale on the road to Illyria. A young man walks purposefully, carrying a suitcase. He looks strikingly like Viola. It's Sebastian, her twin brother. He's alive! Oh, if only Viola knew. Following behind him is Antonio, his newfound but very loyal companion. It seems like the two of them have a lot to discuss.
1: Will you stay no longer nor... Will you not that I go with you? By your patience, no. My stars shine darkly over me. The malignancy of my fate might perhaps distemper yours. Therefore I shall crave of you your leave, that I may bear my evils alone. It were a bad recompense for your love to lay any of them on you. Let me yet know of you whether you are bound. No sooth, sir. My determinate voyage is mere extravagancy. But I perceive in you so excellent a touch of modesty that you will not extort from me what I am willing to keep in. Therefore, it charges me in manners the rather to express myself. You must know of me then, Antonio. My name is Sebastian, which I called Rodrigo. My father was that Sebastian of Messaline, whom I know you have heard of. He left behind him myself and a sister, both born in an hour. If the heavens had been pleased, would we had so ended? But you, sir, altered that. For some hour before you took me from the breach of the station, was my sister crashed. Alas, the day. Oh, lady, sir, though it was said she much resembled me, was yet of many accounted beautiful. But though I could not with such estimable wonder over far believe that, yet thus far I will boldly publish her, she bore a mind that envy could not but call fair. She is dead already, sir, though I seem to drown her remembrance again with tears. Pardon me, sir, your bad entertainment. Oh, good, Antonio, forgive me your trouble. If you will not murder me for my love, let me be your servant. If you will not undo what you have done, that is, kill him whom you have recovered, desire it not. Fare ye well at once. My bosom is full of kindness, and I am yet so near the manners of my mother that upon the least occasion more mine eyes will tell tales of me. I am bound to the Count Orsino's court. Farewell.
0: And the doleful Sebastian strides away.
1: The gentleness of all the gods go
2: with thee. I have many enemies in Orsino's court, else would I very shortly see thee there. But come what may, I do adore thee so, that danger shall seem sport, and I will go.
0: All right, we are back with our brave heroine Viola, known here only as Cesario. She is now being approached by the sniveling Malvolio, Olivia's butler, who seems to have something to give her.
3: Not you, even now, with the the Countess Olivia? Even now, sir,
4: on a moderate pace, I have since arrived but hither.
3: She returns this ring to you, sir. You might have saved me my pains to have taken it away yourself. She adds, moreover, that you should put your lord into a desperate assurance she will none of (coughs) him—
4: (coughs) Sir?
3: And one thing more, that you be never so hardy to come again in his affairs, unless it be to report your lord's taking of this. Receive it so.
4: All none of it.
3: Oh, come, sir, you peevishly threw it to her, and her will is, it should be so overturned. If it be worth stooping for, there, it lies in your eye, if not, be it his that finds it.
0: Malvolio proudly struts off, his task completed.
3: (laughs) I
4: left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune
0: forbid my outside
4: have not charmed her. She made good view of me, indeed, so much that sure methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak and starts distractedly. She loves me. Oh, sure, the cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring? Why, he sent her none. I am the man, if it be so, as tis, oh, poor lady, she were better love a dream. Disguise, I see, thou art a wickedness, wherein the pregnant enemy does much. How easy it is for the proper false in women's waxen hearts to set their forms. Alas, our frailty is the cause, not we, for such as we are made of, such we be. Oh, how will this fadge? My master loves her dearly, and I, poor monster, fond as much on him. And she, ugh, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will become of this? As I am man, my state is desperate for my master's love. As I am woman, oh, now alas the day, what thriftless sighs shall poor Olivia breathe? Oh, time, thou must untangle this, not I, it is too hard a knot for me to
0: untie. It's a starry evening and the faint sounds of revelry can be heard from Olivia's manor. Her eternally drunk uncle, Sir Toby, and his good friend, Sir Andrew, are having a grand time in the kitchen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Approach, Sir Andrew. Not to be abed after midnight is to be up at times. And to rise at dawn is most healthy, thou knowest.
5: Nay, my troth, I know not. But I know to be up late is to be up late.
2: <clears throat> a false conclusion. I hate it as an unfilled can. To be up after midnight, and to go to bed then, is early, so that to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Yeah. Does not our life consist of the four elements?
5: Faith, so they say, but I think it rather consists of eating and drinking.
2: <laughs> there, to scholar! Yeah. Let us therefore eat and drink.
0: Marion, I say! A stoop of wine? festy our lovable comedian, swaggers
6: in
5: comes the fool of faith.
6: How now, my hearts, did you ever see the picture of we three? Welcome, ass. Now let's have a catch.
5: By my troth, the fool has an excellent breast. I had rather than forty dollars, I had such a leg, and so sweet a breath, to sing as the fool has. In sooth thou wast in very gracious fooling last night, when thou spokest of Piker... Pygromidus of the Vapians passing the Equinoctial of Quabus. Twas very good of faith. I sent thee six cents for thy lemon. Hadst it?
6: I did impeticus thy gratility, for Malvolia's nose is no whipstock. my lady has a white hand, and the Myrmidons are no bottle-ale houses.
5: Excellent! Why, this is the best fooling when all is done. Now, a song.
6: Come on!
2: There is six cents for you. Let's have a song.
5: There is a test rule of me, too. If one night give a... Would
6: you have a love song or a song of good life? A love song. A love song.
5: Aye, aye. I care not for good life.
7: Oh, mistress mine, where are you roaming? Oh, stay and hear your true love's coming. That can sing both high and low. And trip no further Pretty sweeting Journeys end In lovers meeting Every wise man's son Doth know
5: Excellent good faith
7: Good good Oh what is love Tis not hereafter Present mirth Hath present laughter What is to come is still unsure, but in delay there lies no plenty. Then come kiss me, sweet and twenty, use of stuff will not endure.
5: A mellifluous voice, as I am true, night A
2: contagious breath.
5: Very sweet and contagious of faith.
2: To hear by the nose it is dulcet and contagion. But shall we make the welkin dance indeed? Shall we rouse the night owl in a catch that will draw three souls
6: out of one weaver? Shall we do that?
5: And you love me, let's do it. I am dog at a catch. By
6: your lady, sir, and some dogs will catch well.
5: Most certain. Let our catch be thou knave.
6: Hold thy peace, thou knave, knight. I shall be constrained to call thee knave, knight. This
5: is not the first time I've constrained one to call me knave. Begin, fool. It begins, hold thy peace.
6: I shall never begin if I hold my peace.
5: <laughs> Good faith. <advice. laughs> Come, begin.
0: Hold, hold thy peace, What a caterwauling do you keep here? Mariah, Olivia's maid has bustled in to see what all the fuss is about. If my lady
8: hath not called up her steward, Malvolio, and bid him turn you out of doors, never trust me!
2: My lady's just misleading. We are politicians, Malvolio's a peg ramsay and three merry men be we. Am not I consanguineous? Am I not of her blood Tilly Valley? Lady, there dwelt a man in Babylon, Lady,
6: lady. <laughs> oh, beshrew me. The knight's an admirable fooling.
5: Aye, ah, he does well enough if he be disposed. And so do I, too. He does it with a better grace, but I do it more natural.
2: Oh, the twelfth day of December.
0: For the my love true of God, love gave peace. To me. Malvolio sweeps into the room, outraged.
3: My masters, are you mad? Or, what are you? Have you no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like tinkers at this time of night? Do ye make an alehouse of my lady's house that ye squeak out your cosiers, catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place? persons nor time in you. We did
2: keep time, sir, in our catches. <laughs> Sneck up!
3: Sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you that though she harbors you as her kinsman, she's nothing allied to your disorders. If you can separate yourself and your misdemeanors, you are welcome to the house. If not and it would please you to take leave of her, she is very willing to bid you farewell.
2: Farewell, dear heart, since I must needs be gone. Yay,
6: good Sir Toby. His eyes do show, his days are almost done.
3: With Stephen's so.
2: But I will never die. Sir Toby, there you lie. This is
3: much credit to you.
2: Shall I bid him go?
7: What and if you do?
2: Shall I bid him go and spare not?
7: Oh, no, no, you dare
2: not. Out of tune, sir, ye lie. Malvolio, (laughs) art any more than a steward? Dost thou think because thou art virtuous there shall be no more cakes and ale? Mm, Yes, by Saint Anne, and ginger shall be hot of the mouth too. Thou art to the right. Go, sir, rub your chain with crumbs. A stoop of wine, Mariah!
3: Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favor at anything more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it by this hand.
0: Melvolio storms out, confident that he is infinitely better than all those fools. Oh, go shake your ears!
5: T'were as good a deed as to drink when a man's a-hungry, to challenge him the field, and then to break promise with him and make a fool of him.
2: Do it, knight. Hmm? I'll write thee a challenge, or I'll deliver thy indignation to him by word of mouth.
8: Sweet Sir Toby, be patient for tonight. Since the youth of the Counts was to day with thy lady, she is much out of quiet. For Monsieur Malvolio, let me alone with him. If I do not gull him into a nay word and make him a common recreation, do not think I have wit enough to lie straight in my bed. I know I can do it. Oh,
2: possess us, possess us. Tell us something of him.
8: Mary, sir, sometimes he is a kind of Puritan. Oh, if I thought that, I'll beat him like a dog.
2: What, for being a Puritan? Exquisite reason, dear knight.
5: I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason good enough.
8: THE DEVIL A PURITAN THAT HE IS, OR ANYTHING CONSTANTLY BUT A TIME PLEASER. AN AFFECTIONED ASS, THAT con state WITHOUT BOOK AND UTTERS IT BY GREAT SWARTHS, THE BEST PERSUADED OF HIMSELF SO CRAMMED AS HE THINKS WITH EXCELLENCIES, THAT IT IS HIS GROUNDS OF FAITH THAT ALL THAT LOOK ON HIM LOVE HIM. AND ON THAT VICE IN HIM WILL MY REVENGE FIND NOTABLE CAUSE TO WORK. WHAT wilt THOU DO? I WILL DROP IN HIS WAY SOME OBSCURE EPISTLES OF LOVE wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. (laughs) I can write very like, my lady, your niece. On a forgotten matter, we can hardly make distinction of our hands. Excellent! I smell a device! I have it in my nose, too.
2: He shall think, by the letters that that will drop, that they come from my niece and
8: that she's in love with him! My purpose is indeed a horse of that color. And your horse now will make him an ass. <laughs> <laughs> ass? I doubt not.
5: Oh, twill be admirable.
8: Sport Royal, I warrant you, I know my physic will work with him. I will plant you two and let the fool make a third, where he shall find the letter, observe his construction of it. For this night to
0: bed and dream on the event. Farewell. With that, Mariah heads upstairs to get a good night's sleep. Good night,
2: Mariah.
5: Before me, she's a good wench.
2: Oh, she's a beagle, true bred, and one that adores me. What of that?
5: I was adored once, too.
2: Let's to bed, knight. Thou hadst need send for more money.
5: If I cannot recover your niece, I am a foul way out.
2: Send for money, knight. If thou hast her not at the end, call me cut.
5: If I do not, never trust me. Take it how you will.
2: Oh, come, come. I'll go burn some sack. It is too late to go to bed now. <laughs> come, night. Come, night.
0: Whew! I don't know about you, but I certainly need a refresher. Let's recapitulate. Those clever fools are planning to write a love letter to Malvolio, supposedly signed by the lovely Olivia, his boss. What a recipe for mayhem. But will they pull it off? Or will he see right through their ruse? In the meantime, Orsino, our man about town, is back at the bar with Curio, Valentine, and Viola, who is still disguised as Cesario.
9: Give me some music! Now, good morrow, friends! Now, good Cesario, but that piece of song, that old and antique song we heard last night... He thought it did relieve my passion much more than light airs and recollected terms of these most brisk and giddy-paced times. Come, but one verse.
0: He is not here, so please your lordship, that should sing it. Who was it? Festy the jester, my lord, a fool that the lady Olivia's father took much delight in. He is about the place. Uh,
9: seek him out and play the tune the while.
0: Curio heads off in search of Festy the clown.
9: Come hither, boy. If ever thou shalt love, in the sweet pangs of it, remember me. For such as I am, all true lovers are, Unstayed and skittish in all motions else, Save in the constant image of the creature that is beloved. How dost thou like this tune?
4: It gives a very echo to the seat where love is throned.
9: Thou dost speak masterly, my life upon it, young though thou art, Thine eye hath stayed upon some favor that it loves, hath it not, boy?
4: (laughs) A little, by your favor. Ah,
9: What kind of woman is?
4: Of your complexion.
9: (laughs) She is not worth thee, then. What years, in faith?
4: About your years, my lord.
9: Uh, Too old by heaven! Let still the woman take an elder than herself. So wears she to him. So sways she level in her husband's heart. For... Boy, however we do praise ourselves, our fancies are more giddy and unfirm, more longing, wavering, sooner lost and worn than women's are.
4: I think it well, my lord.
9: Then let thy love be younger than thyself, or thy affection cannot hold the bent, for women are as roses, whose fair flower being once displayed doth fall that very hour.
4: And so they are, alas that they are
0: so to die even when they to perfection grow. Curio, Orsino's assistant, and Festi scamper back into the bar.
9: Oh, fellow, come! The song we had last night. Mark it, Cesario, it is old and plain. The spinsters and the knitters in the sun and the free maids that weave their thread with bones do use to chant it. It is silly, sooth, and dallies with the innocence of love. Like the old age. Are you ready, sir? Aye, prithee, sing! Come!
7: away, come away, death And in sad cypress let me be laid Fly away, fly away, breath I am slain by a fair cruel maid My shroud of white all stuck with you Oh, prepare it My part of death, no one so true, oh, did share it. Night of flower, night of flower, sweet. On my black coffin, let there be strown night of friend, night of friend, greet. My poor corpse, where my bones be thrown, a thousand, thousand sighs to save. Lay me, oh, where, sad true lover never find my grave, to
6: weep there.
9: There's for thy pains. Oh, no pains,
6: sir. I take pleasure in singing, sir.
9: I'll pay thy pleasure, then.
6: Truly, sir, and pleasure will be paid one time or another.
9: <laughs> give me now leave to leave thee.
6: Now the melancholy god protect thee, and the tailor make thy doublet of changeable taffeta, for thy mind is a very opal. I would have men of such constancy put to sea, that their business might be everything and their intent everywhere. For that's it that always makes a good voyage of nothing. Farewell.
0: Festy tips his hat to
6: Orsino and traipses off.
9: Let all the rest give place.
0: Curio and Valentine depart, leaving Orsino and Cesario all alone.
9: Once more, Cesario, get thee to yon same sovereign cruelty. Tell her, my love, more noble than the world, prizes not quantity of dirty lands the parts that fortune hath bestowed upon her. Tell her, I hold as giddily as fortune, but tis that miracle and queen of gems that nature pranks her in attracts my soul.
4: But if she cannot love you, sir...
9: I cannot be so answered. Sooth,
4: but you must. Say that some lady, as perhaps there is, hath for your love a great ping of heart, as you have for Olivia. You cannot love her, you tell her so, must she not then be answered?
9: There is no woman's sides can bide the beating of so strong a passion as love doth give my heart. No woman's heart so big to hold so much, they lack retention. Alas, their love may be called appetite, No motion of the liver but the palate that suffers surfeit, cloyment, and revolt. But mine is all as hungry as the sea, and can digest as much. Make no compare between that love a woman can bear me and that I owe, Olivia.
4: Ay, but I know.
9: What dost thou know?
4: Too well what love women to men may owe. In faith they are as true of heart as we. My father had a daughter loved a man, as it might be, perhaps. Were I a woman, I should your lordship.
9: And what's her history?
4: A blank, my lord. She never told her love, but let concealment, like a worm in the bud, feed on her damask cheek. She pined in thought, and with the green and yellow melancholy, she sat like patience on a monument, smiling at grief. Was not this love indeed? We men may say more, swear more, but indeed our shows are more than will. For still we prove much in our vows, but little in our love.
9: But died thy sister of her love, my boy?
4: I am all the daughters of my father's house. Um, And all the brothers, too. And yet I know not. Sir, shall I to this lady?
9: (laughs) That's the theme. To her in haste, give her this jewel. Say, my love can give no place, by no denay.
0: We now find our favorite mischief-makers, Sir Toby and Sir Andrew, in the fair Olivia's garden, plotting to embarrass her pompous butler, Malvolio. And look who's just arrived. If it isn't Olivia's attendant, Fabian, eager to join in on the action.
2: Come thy way, Signor Fabian.
10: Nay, I'll come. If I lose a scruple of this sport, let me be boiled to death when melancholy.
2: Wouldst thou not be glad to have the rascally sheepbiter come by some notable shame?
10: I will insult man, you know, he brought me out of favour with my lady
5: about a bear baiting here.
2: To anger him, we'll have the bear again, and we will fool him black and blue. Shall we not, Sir Andrew?
5: And we do not. It is pity of our lives.
2: Oh here comes the little villain. Mariah rushes down the way with something to say. How now, my Mariah?
8: Get ye all three into the box tree. Malvolio's coming down this walk. (laughs) He has been yonder in the sun, practicing behavior to his own shadow this half hour. Observe him for the love of mockery, for I know this letter will make a contemplative idiot of him. Close in the name of jesting, lie thou there, for here comes the trout that must be caught with
0: tickling. Mariah throws down the letter and rushes off, quick as a cat. Malvolio promenades into the garden, muttering to himself. Malvolio is about to catch sight of Sir Toby, Sir Andrew, and Fabian. But they dive behind some convenient bushes just in the nick of time. Now to watch the shenanigans unfold.
3: And tis but fortune. All is fortune. Maria once told me Olivia did affect me, and I have heard herself come thus near that... Should she fancy, it should be one of my complexion. <laughs> Besides, she uses me with a more exalted respect than anyone else that follows her. What should I think on it? Here's an
2: orweening rogue.
3: rogue. Ah, contemplation makes a rare tricky cock of him. How he jets under his band's plume. Slight, I could so beat the rogue.
2: Peace, I say.
3: To be count... Malvolio.
2: Ah! Rogue! Pistol him. Pistol him. Oh,
3: peace. (laughs) Now he's deeply in. Look how his imagination blows him. Having been three months married to her, sitting in my state.
2: Oh, for a stone bow to hit him in the eye.
3: Calling my officers about me in my branched velvet gown. Having come from a daybed where I have left Olivia sleeping.
2: Fire and brimstone. Peace, peace.
3: And then, to have the humor of state. And after a demure travel of regard, telling them, I know my place as I would they should do theirs. To for my kinsman, Toby.
2: Bolts <laughs> and shackles.
3: Oh, peace, peace, peace. Seven of my people with an obedient start make out for him. I frown the while and perchance wind up my watch or play with my some rich jewel. You. Toby approaches, curtsies there to me.
6: Shall
2: this fellow live?
3: Though silence be drawn from Oswald cars. yet peace. I extend my hand to him thus, quenching my familiar smile with an austere regard of control. And
2: does not Toby take you a blow of the lips then?
3: Saying, oh, cousin Toby, my fortunes, having cast me on your niece, give me this prerogative of speech.
2: What? What?
3: You must amend your drunkenness. Out,
2: scab!
3: Nay, patience, or we break the seniors of our plot. Besides, you waste the treasure of your time with a foolish knight. That's me, I warrant you. One Sir Andrew. I knew
0: t'was I, for many do call me fool.
3: oh ho, ho. what employment have we here?
0: Malvolio ever his own hero, spots the letter on the ground. He sweeps his coat back majestically, leans down, and grabs it.
5: Oh, now is the woodcut
2: near the gin. Oh, peace! In the spirit of humor, intimate reading aloud to him.
3: By my life, this is my lady's hand. These be her very C's, her U's, and her T's, and thus make she her great it is in contempt of question her hand <clears throat> to the unknown beloved, this in my good wishes, oh her very phrases, soft and the impression her low face with what she uses to seal, oh, tis my lady, to whom should this be I
0: eat this winter, liver and all Livernal. <clears throat>
3: Jove knows I love, but who? Lips do not move. No man must know. No man must know. What follows? Numbers altered. No man must know. (gasps) If this should be thee, Malvolio. Mary, hang thee, Brock. <clears throat> I may command where I adore, but silence, like a lucre's knife, with bloodless stroke my heart doth gore. M-O-A-I doth sway my life. Nay, hey, Faustian
2: riddle. Excellent wench, say I.
3: M-O-A-I doth sway my life. Uh, nay, but First, let let me see, let me see, let me see. What what dish of poison has she dressed him?
2: And with what wing the Staniel checks at it?
3: I may command where I adore. Why, she may command me. I serve her. She is my lady. Why, this is evident to any formal capacity. There is no obstruction in this. Not the end. Oh, what should that alphabetical position portend? Oh, if I could make that resemble something in me. Softly. M O A
2: I. Oh, I make up that he is now at a cold scent.
0: Sudden will cry upon t- for all this. Though it'd be as frank as a fox. Oh,
3: M! Malvolio, M! Why, why that begins my name! Oh. Did I not say he will work it out? The cur is excellent at fault. Um, but mm, then there is no constancy in the sequel. That suffers under probation A should follow, but O does.
2: I'll cudgel him and make him cry, O. Mm, and
3: then I comes behind. I, and you had any I behind you, you might see more detraction on your heels than fortunes before you. M. O. A. I this simulation is not as the former and yet to crush it a little it would bow to me for every one of these letters are in my name soft here follows prose (coughs) (coughs) if this fall into thy hand revolve in my stars I am above thee but be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Thy fates open their hands, let thy blood and spirit embrace them, and to inure thyself to what thou art like to be, cast thy humble slough and appear fresh opposite with a kinsman, surly with servants. She thus advises thee, but sighs for thee. Oh. <clears throat> remember who commended thy yellow stockings, and wished to see thee ever cross-gartered? I say, remember. Go too, thou art made if thou desirest to be so. If not, let me see thee a steward still. Farewell. She that would alter services with thee. The fortunate, unhappy, (gasps) daylight and champagne discovers not more. This is open. Oh, I will be proud. I will read politic authors. I will baffle Sir Toby. I will wash off gross acquaintance, I will be point devise the very man. I do not now fool myself to let imagination jade me. For every reason excites to this, that my lady loves me. (laughs) She did commend my yellow stockings of late. She did praise my chest being cross-gartered. Oh, I thank my stars, I am happy. I will be strange, stout, in yellow stockings, and cross-gartered, even with the swiftness of putting on. Oh, Joven, my stars be praised. Here is yet a postscript. Thou canst not choose, but know who I am. If thou entertainest my love, let it appear in thy smiling. Thy smiles become thee well. Therefore, in my presence, still smile, dear my sweet, I prithee. O, oh, Jove, I thank thee. I will smile. I will do everything that thou wilt have me have.
0: <laughs> and he's hooked. Malvolio is bursting with pride, literally. He's popped all the buttons off his already far too tight vest. And off he struts ready to show his lady that he loves her back. Never fear, Olivia. Melvolio's here. Ah, uh, here comes my noble gold catcher. Mariah rushes back in as the mischievous Sir Toby, Sir Andrew, and Fabian pop up out of the bushes.
2: I could marry this wench for this device. So could I, too. And ask no other dowry with her but such another jest.
5: Nor I neither.
2: Wilt thou set thy foot on my neck?
5: Or a mine either.
2: Shall I play my freedom at Traitrop and become thy bond slave?
8: If Faith or I either Why thou
2: hast put him in such a dream that when the
8: image of it leaves him
2: he must run mad.
8: Nay, but say true, does it work upon him?
2: Like Aquavitae with a midwife
8: if you will then see the fruits of the sport mark his first approach before my lady, he will come to her in yellow stockings and tis a color she abhors Ooh. and cross-gartered, a fashion she detests, and he will smile upon her, which will now be so unsuitable to her disposition, being addicted to melancholy as she is, that it cannot but turn him into a notable contempt. Yes. If you will see it, follow me.
2: To the gates of Tartar, thou most excellent devil of wit.
0: I'll make one, too. We find ourselves now in Olivia's beautifully manicured front yard. Her geraniums are doing especially well this year. Viola has just met Festy the Clown, who has a tinny little tambourine in his hand.
4: Save thee, friends, and thy music. Dost thou live by thy tabor?
6: No, sir. I live by the church. Art thou a churchman? Oh, no such matter, sir. I do live by the church, for I do live at my house, and my house doth stand by the church.
4: So thou may say, the king lies by a beggar, if a beggar dwell near him, or the
6: church stands
4: by thy tabor, if thy tabor stand by the church.
6: Oh, you have said, sir, to see this age, oh, a sentence but a chevrold glove to a good wit, how quickly the wrong side may be turned outward. Nay, that's certain,
4: they that dally nicely with words may quickly make them wanton.
6: I would therefore my sister had no name, sir. Why, man? Why, sir, her name's a word, and to dally with that word might make my sister wanton. But indeed words are very rascals, since bonds disgrace them.
4: Thy reason, man?
6: Troth, sir, I can yield you none without words. and Words are grown so false I am loath to prove reason with them.
4: (laughs) I warrant thou art a merry fellow and carest for nothing.
6: Uh, Not so, sir. I do care for something. But in my conscience, sir, I do not care for you. If that be to care for nothing, sir, I would it would make you invisible.
4: Are not thou the Lady Olivia's fool?
6: I am indeed not her fool, but her corrupter of words.
4: I saw thee late with the Count Orsino.
6: Foolery, sir, does walk about the orb like the sun. It shines everywhere. I would be sorry, sir, but the fool should be as oft with your master as with my mistress. I think I saw your wisdom there.
4: Nay, and thou pass upon me, I'll no more with thee. Now, Jove, in his next commodity of hair,
6: send thee a beard.
4: By my troth, I'll tell thee, I am almost sick for one, though I would not
0: have it grow on my chin. Is thy lady within?
6: My lady is within, sir.
0: Festy flances into Olivia's house, taking his leave of Cesario. This fellow is wise enough to play the fool, and to do
4: that well craves a kind of wit. He must observe their mood on whom he jests, the quality of persons, and the time, and, like the haggard, check at every feather that comes before his eye. This is a practice as full of labor as a wise man's art for folly that he wisely shows as fit. But wise men, folly fallen, quite taint their wit.
0: Sir Toby proudly parades into the yard, followed by the ever-faithful Sir Andrew.
2: Save you gentlemen.
0: And you, sir. Do vous guard, monsieur.
4: Et vous aussi, votre uh,
2: I hope, sir, you are, and I am yours. Will you encounter the house? My niece is desirous you should enter, if your trade be to her.
4: I am bound to your niece, sir. Uh, I mean, she is the list of my voyage.
2: Try your legs, sir. Put them to motion.
4: I will answer you with gate and entrance. Oh, but we are prevented.
0: Our lovely Lady Olivia glides into her yard, with Mariah following behind her.
4: Most excellent, accomplished lady, the heavens rain odors on you.
5: That youth's a rare, courtier. Rain odors. Well.
4: <laughs> my matter hath no voice but to your own most receptive and
5: vouchsafed ear. Odors, receptive, and vouchsafed. I'll
0: get them all three already. Let the garden door be
5: shut and leave me to my hearing.
0: Sir Toby, Sir Andrew, and Maria slowly retreat. Now Olivia and Cesario are all alone. Cesario has one goal, to woo Olivia on Orsino's behalf. But Olivia may have something else in mind. Give me your hand, sir. My duty, madam, and most humble service. What is your name? Cesario is your servant's
10: name, fair princess. My servant, sir. Twas never merry world since slowly feigning was called compliment. Your servant to the Count Orsino, youth. And he is yours, and his must needs be yours. Your servant's servant is your servant, madam. For him, I think not on him. For his thoughts, but they were blanks rather than filled with me. Madam, I come to whet your gentle thoughts on his behalf. Oh, by your leave, I pray you, I bade you never speak again of him. (laughs) But would you undertake another suit? I'd rather hear you to solicit that than music from the spheres. Dear lady. Give me leave beseech you. I did send, after the last enchantment you did hear a ring in chase of you. So did I abuse myself, my servant, and, I fear me, you. Under your hard construction must I sit to force that on you in a shameful cunning which you knew none of yours. What might you think? Have you not set mine honour at the stake, and baited it with all the unmuzzled thoughts the tyrannous heart can think? To one of your receiving enough is shown. A cypress, not a bosom, hideth my heart. So let me hear you speak.' I pity you. That's a degree to love.
4: No, not agrees, for tis a vulgar proof that very oft we pity enemies.
10: Why, then methinks 'tis time to smile again. O oh, world, how apt the poor are to be proud. If one should be a prey, how much the better to fall before the lion than the wolf. The clock upbraids me with the waste of time. Be not afraid, good youth, I will not have you. And yet, when wit and youth is come to harvest, your wife is alike to reap a proper man. There lies your way, Do west.
4: Then westward ho, grace and good disposition attend your ladyship.
10: You'll nothing, madam, to my lord by me? Stay, I prithee, tell me what thou thinkest of me. That you do think you are not what you are. If I think so, I think the same of you. No, then think you right, I
4: am not what I am. I would you were as I would have you be. Would it be better, madam, than I am? I wish it might, for now I am your fool.
10: Oh, what a deal of scorn looks beautiful in the contempt and anger of his lip. A murderous guilt shows not itself more soon than love that would seem hid. <laughs> Love's night is noon. Cesario, by the roses of spring, by maidhood, honor, truth, and everything, I love thee, so that mauger all thy pride, nor wit nor reason can my passion hide. Do not extort thy reasons from this clause, for that I woo, thou therefore hast no cause, but rather reason thus with reason fetter. Love sought is good, but
4: given unsought better. By innocence I swear, and by my youth I have one heart, one bosom, and one truth, and that no woman has, nor never none shall mistress be of it, save I alone. And so adieu, good madam, nevermore will I my master's tears to you deplore. Viola turns to go.
10: Yet come again, for thou, perhaps, mayst move that heart which now abhors to like his love.
0: Golly, what a cliffhanger! We leave episode two of our tale with more titillating questions than ever. Romances are heating up and mischief in disguises abound. Will the gorgeous Olivia ever return Orsino's affections? Or is she falling in love with the mysterious and dashing Cesario? How will Olivia respond to the insufferable Malvolio's romancing? Will Viola's true identity be revealed? All this and more on the next episode of Twelfth Night, the radio show. The lovely voices you heard today were those of C.T. Cordero, Ryder Sadler, Mia Shaker, Lex Schwartzman, Bob Lynch, Shannon Hughes, Will Clemens, Grace Handicus, Silas Hayes, Ria Karosekar, Autumn Route, Will Clemens, Alexandra Figueroa, and Ingrid Kenyon. Sound designed by Arian Crocker with original theme music by Michael McNulty. Twelfth Night was directed by Avery Erskine with assistance from Charlie Moos and Tanaka Mubavarirwa. This radio program was made possible by the Miller Art Scholars Program, WTJU, and William Shakespeare. For more information on this production's cast and crew, visit shakespeareonthelawn.org. This is Molly Rose Smith speaking.